This is Packer and Durham on ACCN and Sirius XM Channel 371. Your lucky number, by the way, is 599. Oh, today. tomorrow we're going to be dressed like Terrence Oglesby yeah. on this program. <laughs> Coat and tie for us tomorrow, yeah. every 100 shows. Oh, yeah. But today, we're still bumps. We're good to go. So what time is your meeting at the bank? Uh, we'll, we're going to be heading there right after this. <laughs> uh, no, guys, thank you for having me. I got excited. I was like, well, I better suit up. I'm going to go see Packer and Durham. I got I to gotta show a little respect. You might. But then I show up here. This set, is guys. That awesome? Look at that. The sun's coming up over the Mississippi. I mean, unbelievable. Back the backdrop. In St. Louis Cathedral. What a spot. What a yeah. spot for, I mean, great city for Final yeah. Four, obviously. And I, I, the games have lived up to the hype. Well, the second one did, uh, certainly, for our uh, beloved conference. But Duke Carolina, what a game. Carolina moves on, obviously. But, I mean, the city, how many people. I mean, I looked across the game. I was telling uh, Aaron off, off set. 71,500 people completely sold out. And there was a time about three minutes ago, there was nobody sitting down in the entire Caesar Superdome. I mean, it, that type of atmosphere, it was the game that America needed when it comes to college basketball. For those of us who love it, it was the game that America needed. All right, in your work with Field of 68, you have uh, you and Randolph Childress, who will be here bottom of the hour, have, have principally kind of been the ACC representation. But... You've also seen the national perspective here tonight. So you're the perfect guest to kind of talk about this matchup. If, if I say it's McCormick and Baycott tonight, I feel like I'm selling a Baji and Leaky Black short. Is that fair? It could be said, it could be said that way. I, the Leaky Black is going to play an incredible role in this game. But I, with Baycott's ankle and how he's going to be feeling moving forward, David McCormick, Baycott can never stop moving defensively, and that worries me whenever he has the ankle issue because there's no better coach in the country than Bill Self at finding ways to get creative post-touches for McCormick. I think that's the big thing to look out for, and if you're going to be able to guard McCormick, you have to be really nimble afoot inside about eight feet. So I think it's going to be interesting to watch. Leaky Black is going to have his hands full because Ochai Abaji is a beast, but you got to protect what's inside eight feet, and Baycott has been superior to everybody else in conference this year. And this game right here, the national championship game, uh, is going to be, it could be a Willis Reed type game. That's the kind of game that he needs coming in. Thank you, Mr. Packer. He said hour one, unbelievable. I don't know what I'm talking about. By the way, um, I I think of Kansas. I think of run, run, run. Nobody in college basketball, maybe Gonzaga. You know, it's a 1-2, 1-A, 1-B, right? In terms of 94 feet, let's go. They are fun to watch. But I also think of North Carolina, the Roy Williams teams, and I know Hubert plays a little different, but still, run, 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 go. Given the emotion that North Carolina had to play with Saturday night, the second game, the amount of energy exerted to get the W, Kansas was kind of on cruise control. You mentioned the Baycott injury and how he feels. Do you sense that, that Hubert's got to tone it back a little bit, or did you just say, hey, listen, guys, it's who we are. Let's just go. National championship. I mean, what, what is it on the water, boy? Can't hold anything back now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. No, exactly. Hubert was actually asked that question at the, during his press conference. He goes, I, we don't have to get up for anything. This is a national championship game. What else are you going to play for? I understand it was Duke, North Carolina, but that was just one more step for these guys. Uh, it's amazing what Hubert's been able to do. And a lot of people were critical of him. We, we were, Randolph and I were fighting tooth and nail for the ACC all year. I can assure you, yeah. especially in around January. But 
Uh, these guys have been resilient. He stuck with them. There's been a lot of negative talk about the ACC and Carolina in particular because there's expectations with the Tar Heel program. But the better, uh, as the season has gone along, they've developed a sense of toughness, and they've been terrific. All right, but, Tio, where did it change? In your mind, where did the ACC change it? Was it in this event? Was it leading? See, to me, I thought in early February the the tide was starting to turn a little bit. I, I thought Notre Dame was going to be the Notre Dame we thought they were going to be. You know, Carolina was still kind of out there a little bit. But it felt like Virginia Tech had gone 0-4 and picked up some mm-hmm. wins. I mean, was that where it happened or was it somewhere else? Well, the ACC this season and the past few seasons have relied – a large part on freshmen and transfers. And whenever there's a power six league that relies on this many new players, it takes time, guys. So whenever you play the ACC Big Ten Challenge, Big Ten's a bunch of old guys. So you know the product that you're going to get going into the season. These guys have been in your system for a while. ACC's not like that. Talk to Coach Jim Larinaga about that. I want to say in February, like, it takes time to develop this type of chemistry. Look at Virginia Tech. We were hard on them early, right? And then Storm Murphy figures it out. He figures out how to play with all these transfers. Duke. They were good in the non-con. Everybody else kind of had to gain their footing. Miami's been terrific. And I think I was one of the only people who picked Miami in the Elite Eight. I think it was me, uh, two live crew, and Michael Irvin. That was it. <laughs> so, like, I mean, this league in particular, it's it's just taking a little bit of time. And now you're seeing the results of, hey, the talent's there. Yeah. We just got to get guys to play together. All right, so let's, let's deep dive tonight. Mm. Uh, if you're North Carolina... What must happen tonight for North Carolina? Ooh. I think R.J. Davis has to play terrific. That's a one person that within the last month, Hubert said, hey, we're going to put the ball in your hands early in the game. We're going to try to get Caleb Love some good shots, and then we're going to get his confidence up for the rest of the game. Caleb Love didn't score for the first, what, 16 minutes, 15 and a half minutes of the semifinal matchup, and then he goes berserk, ends up with 28 points or what have you. Uh, R.J. Davis uh, controls the pace. They're going to have to find a way to at least stall Remy Martin. Remy Martin is that spurtability guy off the bench, right, that kind of can flip things on its head, score eight to ten points in a row, limit runs, control tempo. Caleb Love needs to be really good in the second. All right, we've talked about Leak and Abaji, McCormick and Baycott. Is Dewan Harris the guy that gets R.J. Davis tonight, or does Dewan Harris take Caleb Love? I think DeJuan Harris, I think the head of the snake for this team is R.J. Davis, and then you need to put some length on Caleb Love. Because if you're not going to switch things, and it's interesting to see what they're going to do in pick-and-roll situations because Caleb Love is so dynamic. Mark Williams was a little late on that shot. And if you're going to switch everything, McCormick's going to be put in some bad situations. You're going to be seeing some backside rotations that could be interesting going in, but uh, I would would put Harris on R.J. Davis to begin with just simply because, hey, He's quick enough, and then he's going he's gonna to be able to at least stay in front. If R.J. Davis gets in the paint, things could get murky. One guy we've not mentioned yet is Brady Manick. Here's Ooh. a guy who transfers from Oklahoma. Ooh. If anybody on the floor knows Kansas, it's Brady Manick. Right. I mean, he's been there, done that. He's seen what the Rock Chalk Jayhawk's all about. And you know what? He had so many big shots, right? He's just been great in the tournament. Um, he could be, again, that, that missing piece of the puzzle where, guess what, he did, much like he did to another Big 12 team in Baylor, he was on his way to 40 until he got ejected in that game. He could be another one of those missing pieces of the puzzle for a Carolina National Championship. Hey, I'm in absolute agreement. And his emergence over the last month has been significant as well. Whenever they're in the ACC tournament, he plays terrific. One shot he hit in the corner, guys, it was chest to chest. And I don't think there was no room, no oh, space the corner, there on the, yeah. uh, out of the corner. Uh, 
his emergence has been the result of R.J. Davis. That's the reason I picked R.J. Davis in the prior question, because uh, he relies on other guys to get him shots, but those guys rely on him to provide spacing. So it's going to be interesting to see how Kansas guards him. But Brady Manick, as you said, has been absolutely terrific. Whether it be defensively, he's the defensive captain for that team. You can see he's the vocal leader, the guy that guys rally to. Uh, has there been a better transfer in North Carolina history? Because there hasn't been a ton of them. I mean, he has been really, really good. And the Larry Bird look-alike, he can knock it down, too. All right, I'm going to put you on the spot here. All right, I'm ready for it. Because shooters shoot. Okay. Correct. Yeah, confirmed. Okay, and proven. <laughs> uh, Caleb Love can shoot you in and shoot you out. He has no conscience in terms of history. Mm-hmm. How big was the shot he hit the other night? And is he the guy tonight, if you're Kansas, that you worry about? In the second half, certainly. It's just a matter of are you going to let him get a rhythm going into the end of the game? And that's what I think. He got comfortable. Whenever R.J. Davis, he kind of settles Caleb Love into the game and he's able to get some quality looks early. Mm -hmm. And then his confidence grows as the game moves forward. But he's a guy, he's not afraid of the moment. He's excellent whenever he's going to his left hand and able to pull up. Oh, see, here we go. Excellent left hand pulling up, right? That's it. That's it. Yep. He gets there to his left hand. He pulls up. If you're late on switches, he can knock them down. It's going to be interesting to see. I love Caleb Love, and it's been up and down. It's been up and down for the young man, but goodness me, when he gets hot, there's nobody better. Don't you love when shooters talk about shooters? It's like talking to Kelly Gramlich on the women's game. I mean, Kelly, Kelly's just... <laughs> She's Kelly, unreal. Hey, look. It's the same thing. I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm feeling so much better related, even though I know you're not. It's like there's a there's a Clemson DNA, hey, I'm wide open. Well, no, you're not. Yes, I am. <laughs> I can see it. I can, I can see, see it. That's all I'm There's a goal. Let's go, man. I, did, we, I had a conversation. It was me at, 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 in one seat. It was uh, Randolph Childress here and then Shaman Williams here. And you want to talk about guys oh. that have never seen a bad shot oh. in our minds. No assist. No, 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 no assist. No, we know why we're here. We knew why we were here. <laughs> There's no secrets. Uh, uh, do you believe in Mojo? Yeah, I mean, Kansas won 10 in a row. Heels won 11 of 12. Is that just a wash? These are the two best teams right now standing. Let's the, the, go play. the two best teams right now standing are obviously playing for that very reason. There's no two, two teams playing better in the country. Uh, Kansas, what Bill Self has been able to do, and I know this is an ACC network, so I'm going to temper it a little bit, but what, what he's been able to do, uh, despite not getting five-star talent, I look back at their roster from 2008, guys. It's not the same. These are a bunch of three- and four-star right. kids that have turned into uh, one cohesive unit, and they've got, some super, they've got a superstar in Ochai Abaji. But uh, to the two best teams playing right now, he's figured them out. They run great stuff, and Remy Martin provides an X factor for that team. It's just a matter of, is Carolina going to be shot-making Carolina? And if that's the case, uh, we might go to OT. It could be that kind of game. Yeah, I, to me, after listening to Abaji yesterday in the press, in the press conference, I, I tell you what, I, He's, he's one impressive. of the most impressive kids I've seen all year long. He's impressive. Terrence. I mean, really is. And he's continued to develop. And he comes to Kansas. He was a catch-and-shoot kind of guy. He opens up the seasons at the Champions Classic. I was up there at Madison Square Garden. It was unbelievable. He was putting the ball on the floor. He was getting in the paint. He was making those right reads on the skip pass. Uh, he's turned himself into uh, not only a great college player, but guys going to make a lot of money for a lot of time. Uh, Bill Self's been really, really successful against the ACC. Mm -hmm. Fifteen and three. He's been really, really good against North Carolina. Three and zero oh. uh, tonight. Like I said, I hope Roy's got the saliva glands going. Needs to spit in the river a few times. <laughs> but I think this North Carolina team is playing with such, such supreme confidence. 
It's like, hey, whatever. That's old news. That doesn't mean anything tonight. The Heels have been phenomenal in this town, right? Yep. Five and zero in Final Fours in New Orleans. Hey, why not make it six and zero? Game of streaks, game of runs, uh, and you got to give Hubert Davis all the credit in the world. And I know I'm, I'm heaping Hubert's uh, praises endlessly, and it's deserved because people have been hard, and he just stuck with his guys, even when we thought sometimes, hey, I would rip these guys. He's like, no, I love them. No, I love them. And now you're seeing the results because those guys are playing with more, as much or more confidence than anybody in the country. Yeah. Um, all right. Who you like? Guys, it's going to be hard. It's the <laughs> ACC Network. <laughs> Kansas is really, really good. And uh, it's, going to, it's going to be an uphill battle, especially after uh, that absolute war they went through with Duke. And I think the emotional expenditure... And being the second game, I think it's going to be difficult. I do have Kansas, but it hurts me to say that, especially being on this show. Yeah. All right. Well, sit tight because mm -hmm. you're not going anywhere. All right. Yeah, North, I will say one thing real quick. Yeah. North Carolina, I think, was a three or four point dog against Duke. Yeah, that's right. They, they were. were a three or four I, point dog tonight. I don't think that's bothered them one iota. Yeah. Well, for what it's worth, I've picked both Kansas and Carolina, depending on which uh, table I'm sitting at. So it just. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No, Kansas, Kansas. Sit tight. Uh, shooters uh, section of Packer and Durham continues because we're going to bring Randolph Childers to this table next. How's that? Uh, because, I mean, you got we got enough basketballs. That's the question. Um, and we'll talk a little strategery the other night at the end of Carolina Duke. There is a question that Terrence and Randolph can probably answer better than anybody else we can talk to this morning. That's next on Packer and Durham. The Packer and Durham Podcast. This is the Packer and Durham Podcast. Packer and Durham. That's right. The sun's coming up. You can't see right there. Look at, I mean, I tell you what. Is that a beautiful scene now? Yeah. St. Louis Cathedral. Oh yeah. Sun hitting it. Coming up over the Mississippi. Championship game tonight. Randolph Childress tired of the blue. Nah, I'm Bring sick it of in it. the black and gold <laughs> from Lake Forest. Got the pom poms out. I'm, I'm sick of it. Huh? I'm you know, sick. One of more it. night. You got to put up with it. I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm gonna stick with the league, but I'm absolutely tired. Of the I'm, 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 I've had enough. You gonna be all right? No. <laughs> it's been a battle all week. It's, it's, been, it's uh, been a struggle all week. I, I, I said this going to break. I want to ask this question because you and I had this conversation briefly yesterday, Chill. Mm -hmm. um, Caleb Love's shot is already being kind of thrown into the pantheon of great Carolina shots, okay? But did Duke make a tactical error at the end of that game? <laughs> uh, you know, we were talking about this, and I said this during the game. I thought that but they were out of timeouts. And Duke we, was out of time. Duke rare was out, out of time. Yes, situation. and we talked about that. Yeah. I thought the other issue was Armando Baycott had just fouled out. And when he fouled out, I'm thinking, you know, with, you know, with Brandy, um, Brady Manning at the five, who was he going to guard? And they were just spreading the floor. And I was just sitting there saying, when you come down, whoever he's guarding, I'm putting them in ball screens because it's just a difficult matchup. And he was guarding Leaky Black, and Leaky Black ran up, and he was just sitting back in drop coverage, and I knew he couldn't get up there in enough time. And you could just see it happening like it was in slow motion. And he came off, and he, he laced it up, and you're like, oh, man, this, this, this looks good. And all these pictures of Caleb Love releasing the shot, and Mark Williams is within. I, you know what? When we saw it, he was so far away, it was 
he wasn't as close as you thought he was. Not for a shooter. I mean, okay. T.O. No. can attest to that. He no, came off. You get that ball about right here. You get that ball about right here. Well, my, my, my motto is if you see the rim, you're open. So he, 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 I think Love, Caleb, you know, he, he went to the right. same school as well with that philosophy. But when he got off, I mean, Mark did a great job of trying to cover up with his length. Right. But he was just too far away. But you know what? You still got to make the shot. Mm-hmm. You know, no you, you can break all that down and all that stuff. You no still got to put the ball in the basket. And I go back to our interview with Roy Williams last week. Yep. And we asked him about it. He said, you know, this Duke Carolina thing, hey, it's about putting the ball in the basket. You, you can yeah. break this whole thing down yeah. you want. It's not about who's coaching here, who's coaching there. It's not about who's on the floor. Right. Make shots. And that's what North Carolina did down the stretch. They did. I mean, Caleb Love was great. I mean, it's it's, but no one. I, I told those guys because you know they're everywhere now. They, I think still more Carolina fans are, are flying in, and uh, I told those guys if you don't win the championship, no one cares. So you beat you beat Coach K. Congratulations. Now make the ACC proud and win the darn championship. Well, I mean, you, I mean that's what I was saying before the show with one of our esteemed leaders back in Bristol that hey, awesome you beat Duke. You can take that to your grave. But guess what happens on Monday night? you play for the championship. And when you're Kansas and when you're in North Carolina, you know, you know why you're Kansas and North Carolina? Because you win this game on a Monday night. You walk in that building and you look up in the Raptors and you go, pretty impressive here in the Smith Center. Pretty impressive here at the Fog. I mean, these are the special things. That's why I love the elite snob appeal about the big boys in the Final Four. I love that. That's my only concern about Carolina for this game. Did they win the championship Saturday? Shamal Williams thinks so. Uh, that, that's my point. Yeah, Shamal was There's like, a, we won the game. Yeah, I was like, well, hold over. on now. They, you, you still got to go and perform but, the next I, two days. Uh, hold on a second. You know what? Now, let me just give you a little history lesson here. Oh, because boy. we have, t- I have at least talked about this. My favorite Final Four of all time was 91. Yeah. We had three of the four teams here. We had Duke, we had Carolina, we and had Kansas, Vegas. and big, bad, mighty Las Vegas, right? The coolest, baddest boys on the planet. We all talk about Duke Carolina, and I remember that. Hey, we're going to have a Duke Carolina. I don't know. But you know what? We had Duke playing Vegas in the semis. Ah, Duke's got no chance. Vegas beat him by 30 in the year before the national championship. We just saw Dean Smith get tossed. Roy Williams is coaching Kansas. They're going to the finals. One ball, here we go again. Kansas in the finals. We got a semifinal the second game. Duke got no chance to beat Vegas. Bam. Vegas is gone. Team that couldn't get beat. Man, they won the championship. You yeah. still had to play another game. Mm-hmm. Ironically, it was Duke playing who? Kansas. You know what? That semifinal's great, Pretty but you game. play for a championship tonight. I couldn't agree more. I mean, it, it's, I would flip-flop it. You know, I would give, you know, if I could, you gotta ask me which game is more important. It's obviously, you gotta finish this thing. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, you gotta come and you gotta finish it. And, and again, I am, I'm happy for the league, and it was an unbelievable game. I mean, it was just the atmosphere was, was unlike anything I'd ever experienced. I mean, I thought it was amazing. You could barely hear yourself talk. But having said that, I'm tired of talking about Duke and Carolina. <laughs> Somebody stop this madness, please. I mean, it's been fun, though. I mean, it's great. And, and again, I, I am the story is unbelievable. And I agree with you. We talk, I, you know, someone uh, I heard you talk one morning about that and Everyone's been going back and forth whether the league is this and how was it down or not. The league struggled early. And we just turned around and figured it out. And, you know, we're ACC guys. I'm yep. proud of that and, and, and happy that, it, that we're here. The league's 14 and 4 in a tournament. 15 is the magic yeah, number. But here's the other thing, too. And Randolph's right, Terrence. I mean, whoever, and I said this Tuesday, I, I've always felt like the winner of Duke Carolina was going to have to go find a way to recharge after the game. You know, 
whatever happened Saturday night. Whoever won that game, you were going to play a really good team. I mean, we had this pronounced undercard Saturday with KU and Villanova. Mm -hmm. I like Kansas after the Justin Moore injury just because I thought Kansas was a little better and certainly more transition nature. nature. But the hardest job this week was going to be between the end of Saturday night and tonight at 920 for either Coach K or Hubert Davis. That's right. the hardest job of the week. Well, recharge and in this case rehab. I mean, Armando Baycott, I'm sure they've been working on his ankle for the entire, what, 48 hours now. I mean, it looked as... it. It looked pretty bad, guys. I've turned an ankle. Whenever it does that second motion oh, and yeah. turns all yeah. the way over, uh, that Achilles, when you wake up the next morning, it, it, it is screaming. So I'm interested to see how that goes. But the national championship game, look, there, there's an emotional dump, right? There's an adrenaline dump sure. going on there. And, and for them to be able to calm down, if they're able to hit shots and play with that same sort of bravado, uh, I think is the big key. But it takes a lot of energy to do so. It's going to be interesting to see. Randolph, uh Given the fact you played in the league, you understand what it's all about. Right. So does Terrence. Uh, if Hubert Davis, if it's the biggest word in sports, right. but if for argument's sake, North Carolina and Hubert cut down the nets tonight, what does that mean for the league? Big picture. You know what? It, which it's the changing of the guard that's coming on. I mean, Louisville's trying to get their tra their transition right from from Pertino. We don't know what Bayheim's going to look like. You know, Shire's coming in. We don't know what that's going to look like. If he answers the bell. Again, it pains me to say this. They're just going to keep he, – he may be the third guy coming behind, and that's hard to do. They got it right. They're just showing the right guy for the right job. I think he's healthy, too, because, like Randolph said, we're in such a transition period for this league. Yeah. People need to be aware of the new guys coming in, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and Hubert Davis has stepped onto the national platform, and people need to know, one – uh, guy could coach. I mean, you get it done at this level, obviously you can get it done. But another thing is, is guys, I hate to say it, Hubert might be the most lovable guy I've ever seen in a press conference. <laughs> I mean, how could you not like this guy? I mean, he loves his guys. He's passionate yeah, about his yeah, players. He's he passionate is. about his school. Like, he is what's right right now uh, about the ACC. Well, and, and here's the part, too, and I'll ask you guys about this. I think he now has moved kind of in that line where let's assume that in the next three to five years, Bayheim, Larinaga, Leonard Hamilton all retire, okay? He's going to be in that next line of yeah. guys headlined by Tony Bennett, who's won a national title. Uh, I think we all have great optimism about Kenny Payne at Louisville, right? right? We do. Yep. Um, we certainly recognize that Hubert Davis is right there with that next group, with that that group of coaches, that's Earl Grant, I, Earl Grant, Boston College. Oh, if phenomenal he, hire, phenomenal, phenomenal hire. hire. But it's got to get, we got to have a little bit of a of a record there, right? Right. Mm -hmm. um, if if that takes off the way it can, we're watching the landscape shape right. shift in ACC basketball. But it can still be very good basketball. Is what you're saying? It can be great basketball, and 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 Hubert is just. No one expected this this fast. Right. I, I don't know if I've ever seen a team, and I've said this to Carolina fans, I mean, to everyone, it's, they, they didn't just lose. They were getting blown out early. And to, to get here now tonight playing for the national championship is a credit to those guys outside of, of, of Franklin Street and everywhere else down there. And then no, one, no one saw this coming. I got to say this because I swear I'm so tired of these guys. But, but no, I, I'm happy for the league. And, 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 and I, I give them crap. I got so many Carolina fans. It's, it's unbelievable. I'll tell you what. If they win tonight, if 
They win tonight. That sweet, that street sweeper I saw this yeah, morning. Oh, they need to ship one of those to Chapel Hill yeah, tomorrow now. Yeah, because let me yeah. tell you, there's going to be some property damage hey, it's in Orange County tomorrow. They yeah. win tonight. Hey, oh. but Randolph, you still got 95. You're all good. You still no, got no, the No, no, no. I like my odds against Benson. There's so much trash talking to be done here now. Now I, I got my record against these guys. I, I, I got the higher winner. I got the higher winner percentage. No, 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 no. That's not to be taken Wait, away. But, I, I, but you got to understand. You got guys talking about building statues and other. It's well, ridiculous. That's good. Hey, talking about. That. Oh my gosh. Bill Hubert the bust. I said all after right, all this, he, he's, he's trying to build him a statue. So no. He doesn't deserve a statue yet. Like Hubert, you got a long way to go. Don't build the statue yet. No. Build the man a bust. Put it in the lobby. That's good. But wait a second. There are enough guys running around here from the early 90s that know the damage you did. Right. <laughs> so I got to believe they kind of check it when they start talking to you. No, no, no. They talk amongst each other, but they get to say, hey, I've got a national championship. Like we had George Lynch with us the other day, and he's my high school teammate, and I he's a national George championship. Lynch. Yeah, he's great. But I always say, hey, you know what? You got it too. I give Grant that. I always tell him that. But listen, I mean, it's – I give credit when it was due. Just an unbelievable turnaround for the league. Couldn't be happier. I mean, it's – but, again, I, I'm, I'm winning and get over it already. I'm just tired of the blue stuff. It's just like – We've had to talk good I, about I, Carolina and Duke all week and I Randolph. Mentioned, I mentioned to Wes that uh, two months ago tomorrow, Duke beat North Carolina by 100 in Chapel yes. Hill. Yes. Now, now, here we are, fast forward yes. the clock. We could be talking tomorrow on our next show, 600, about, hey, can you believe that two months ago we were watching Coach K? I mean, they could have beaten them by whatever they wanted that night. Yeah, it was bad. And, and can you imagine you fast forward the clock and that's a team that's going to win the national championship? That's a possibility. I don't know if I've ever seen a team make that that big of a jump. I mean, they weren't just losing, Mark. They were, I mean, it was 20-point losses. Yeah. Yeah. Not competitive. And, they, and they, they'll sit here and say, as a Carolina fan, I mean, we saw it. No, no you didn't. No, <laughs> no you didn't. <laughs> there, was, there were more Carolina fans oh disowning the team. Gosh, they were like, well, well hopefully now. next year. No, that's what was happening you know, in January. Well, I don't want to hear it. You know, we talked about Caleb Love's big shot the other night against Duke. You know, Caleb Love doesn't make that three against Syracuse in the regular season. Late. I'm not Get sure we're this I'm, I'm not, not sure, sure they're in the tournament. The tournament. Yeah. How crazy is that? I thought the win at Virginia Tech, right after the Pittsburgh home yeah. loss by 20, yeah. was the turnaround for their season. Everyone talks goes to to, to winning Cameron, and I thought the win at Virginia Tech was the best. The game that was a big game had. for Virginia because Tech. Because it was both teams, because right. Virginia Tech was playing really, really yeah, well. Exactly and I, right. We, they didn't have a quad one win at the time. That's it. Both teams are, Virginia Tech had put themselves in a massive hole, but was starting to play better basketball. And North Carolina won that game with good defense. They did. It wasn't, them, did. It wasn't hey, we're going to get the first to 80. They played good D that I thought it was the first time they took a defense on the road. Yeah, yeah. I agree. They were defending at home, but they weren't defending on the road. 100% right. All right. I owe you guys. I appreciate you, first of all. First of all, Terrence got a Rams Club meeting he's got to go to on the way back. I don't know what this is, Chill, but you can talk about it later. Randolph, let me tell you something. That's how a Clemson man dresses right there. I've been dealing with that all week. <laughs> <laughs> I just told him, I was, like, I was like, I know Mark. I was like, I know Mark and West. I'm not dressing up for That's these it. guys. Yeah. That's it. Hey, you got I appreciate the you guys coming down here, though. No, I really yeah, do. Great. It's not around the corner from the hotel, no, so thank not. you all for doing that. And all season long, Absolutely. too. Yeah, no, you guys have been no, fantastic. Great. We appreciate you spending time with us. Enjoy. By the way, I'm getting three shots on each side from you and golf. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> butt play. That's about it. Yeah, all right. I'm, I'm not giving you that. When we come back, <laughs> in case you missed it, with Roy Williams from yesterday's Nothing But Net, Packer and Durham from New Orleans at the Final Four. Old Roy from Spruce Pine in the house yesterday with those guys. Look at it. That show yesterday apparently brought to you by Sunglass Hut. Back after this. <laughs> Packer and Durham.
Here's Mark Packer and Wes Durham. Hey, I told you that uh, Saturday is going to be a big day for ACC Spring Football Pack. How about a half dozen of them? I like it. Yep. Start 11 a.m. off to Jeff Hapley in Boston College. Then we'll spin you down to Clemson at 1 o'clock for the Tigers. 3 o'clock, Tom Luganville and Taylor Davis will join me in Chapel Hill. 5 o'clock, Tallahassee. 7 o'clock, Raleigh. We wrap it up at Heinz Field. 9 o'clock, 11 a.m. to about 11 p.m. ACC Spring Football all Saturday long on ACC Network and streaming live on the ESPN app. I'm telling you now, we're going to go right from basketball to spring football and the rest of the spring calendar here in the ACC. It's a great week. You got the championship game tonight, Masters golf if you're in the mood, spring football. What else do you want? You got baseball, lacrosse, it all goes on. It's great. And Roy Williams, who was with Nothing But Net yesterday, and the coach joined the set with Kelsey and Joel and Booz. And they asked him what it's like with Carolina and Kansas tonight. The Hall of Famer Roy Williams with us now. Coach, great to see you. And we're so excited to kind of get to talk to you a little bit about the game, about the matchup, all of these things, and especially some stories on Joel Berry. But I want want to start with the sweater, though, because what happens to the sweater that you've been wearing? Is it in the wash? Do we even wash it? What happens in between all of these games? Because I know it's superstitious. You know, I got in the closet, and I couldn't find any other sweater, so I've been wearing this one every game for the last few games. But... uh, a lot of people are saying we're going to send you another sweater. They can send all they want. I'm still wearing that one. Not anymore. But uh, every now and then it gets clean, and maybe not. It depends on, <laughs> depends on whether they're closed on Sundays. Depends on how lucky it is, right? That's right. <laughs> Coach is- I'm not superstitious. Oh, I've just taken care of the things that go. I can there you take go. care that, of. That makes sense. That makes right. sense. Control what you can control, you got right? It, girl. It's been just over a year since you, you made that announcement yep. on April 1st. And to be sitting in the stands yesterday and to experience that moment what was it like for you you know it was emotional really last weekend in philadelphia is probably the most emotional time i've ever had on the basketball court and i've had some great ones and some tough ones but uh, you know a year passed uh, i miss the coaching desperately i really do but that's with the capital b u and t I made the decision for the right reasons. I didn't feel like I was doing it as well as I'd done it in the past. And I'm a little weak, I guess, but I couldn't handle that. I couldn't cheat my school and cheat my players. And uh, always felt like that somebody could be better, but they'd never outwork me. And I'd make up a little bit of the gap there. And I just didn't feel like I was doing it as well. And it's been hard, but gosh, it's been fun. I've seen last summer, saw six Little League games, four flag football games, four dance competitions. Uh, so I've done those those kind of things with the grandkids uh, and that's been really really exciting and to watch what coach Davis has done with done with this team has been phenomenal I mean we had some little you know some uh, uh, toughness that needed to be checked along the way and he's got that block checked off pretty well and had some adversity along the way but he's just done a great job and like a second father I'm sitting up there just so proud of him and, and the kids also. What you see early on with coach Davis that made you say this guy's going to be the right one to take UNC moving forward? Well, when we had the coaching opening in 2012 after that season, I wanted Hubert Davis to come and say, I wanted to talk to him and see if he'd be interested in being an assistant coach. He was the last player I recruited as an assistant at North Carolina, and then I left and went to Kansas and never got to coach him. But uh, over those nine years, I saw a guy that uh, could perhaps be in the contest with me to see who loved North Carolina basketball the most of anybody in the world, and he would be right there with me. 
his expertise, his care, his passion. He'd been in the NBA for 12 years, so he had been where all our kids want to go. Uh, but with each and every year, and Joel was a player too, I just saw him grow more and more and more. And he is this, and it's a hard, it's maybe an oxymoron. He's the nicest person I've ever known in my life who is fiercely competitive. And for me, that's all I ever wanted. I like that. Yeah, Coach, to piggyback off that question with, with Hubert Davis, with Coach Davis, have you given him any advice along the way to let him just take off and do his own thing? I'm just curious. It's, it's great to see you around the program, even though you stepped away and retired. What, what wisdom, pros, or wisdom have you gave HB? You know, it's, it's a delicate thing with me because my biggest worry is I didn't want to uh, intrude. I didn't want to be some negative. I didn't want to be a hanger-on. I didn't want to be one of those guys that would get in the way. I've, I mean, really, I have a paranoia about it. I, I didn't want to get in the way. But he has my number. We text back and forth, and we've talked about some things. But I didn't want to be there trying to say do this or do that or I think if you would do this. You know, guys on his staff, most of them played for me. Yeah. And uh, so, but that was the biggest fear is uh, I was paranoid, and I'm glad I was because I didn't want to be there. Only three times all year did I ever let my guard down in a game. One game, the point guard shoots the ball from three, and the other guard, two guards stand there watching, and the other team lays it up on the other end. No defensive balance, and I jumped up and slapped my hands. You know better than that. And then realized who I was, and I set my butt back down as quickly as I could. <laughs> so I had three of those during the year, but that was all. But to know, uh, Carlos, it was the kind of thing that he knows I'm there, and he knows I love him, and I love the program, and I do anything. Uh, but I don't want to get in his way. Coach, these are two teams that you know a lot about. They're going to be playing tomorrow. Spent 18 years with, with the Tar Heels and 15 seasons at Kansas. What's it like to see the, these two teams go head-to-head -head for you? You know, it's it, in most ways it's fantastic. One way it's terrible because it's my two favorite teams. There's no question. I mean, yesterday I did something with Steve Lavin, and on one side I had Wayne Simeon, and on the other side I had Christian Leitner. And, you know, it was easy to who know who the heck I was going to be pull for it in that game, you know, so <laughs> kind of thing. And I love Christian, I really do, but uh, no, the Kansas kids for 15 years took care of me. The athletic director and the, pre uh, the chancellor at that time hired me when nobody wanted them to hire me. It was not the choice for anybody to hire me, and, but they felt good about it and did it, so I love that place, whether it's Jock Vaughn, Wayne Simeon, Nick Collison, and Kirk Heinrich, all those guys, Aaron Miles, I'll always love them, and they know that, but the game Tomorrow is, is different. I went to school there. Wanda went to school there. Two children went to school there. My son played there. Uh, 18 years there. And uh, uh, everybody on that bench, with the exception of Brady, I recruited. Uh, recruited Hubert Davis as a player, recruited him as an assistant, and pushed very uncomfortably for some people to him to be the head coach. And uh, so that I'm pulling for North Carolina, but I've never pulled for Kansas to lose, and I won't then. I'll just pull for North Carolina to play their tail off. And hopefully I can get that psychologically through my brain. Mm. How about that? Huh? Well, nobody's having a better time in New Orleans than that guy right there, Roy yep. Williams. He is living large. No question about it. You see the marks, 33 years combined. You see all the wins, nine Final Fours, three national titles, of course, all with Carolina. Carolina could also go rare air tonight unranked AP teams to win the national championship. It's a short list. Oh, my goodness. Uh, the old CCNY crowd in 1950, uh, Villanova in 85, and Danny and the Miracles in 88. 
It is a short list. It's a, it doesn't take long to take roll under that category. By the way, that CCNY team not only won the NCAA tournament, I think they also won the uh, NIT that year. Uh, can I point out one thing? The reason I put my sunglasses back on is that the sun is now in a perfect spot in our face. <laughs> I, I couldn't help but notice during that interview with Co- yeah. Coach Roy and the nothing but net, the sun was the exact opposite direction. I don't know why that crew was wearing sunglasses when the sun was behind them. And you can barely see looking forward. So that's why I got the sunglasses on. And I'm not trying to be cool. Obviously, that nothing but net crew Clubbing with the net. Clubbing, it was clubbing with the net. Clubbing yeah. with the yeah, net. They, they're, they're wearing sunglasses thinking yeah. it's cool. I'm wearing sunglasses because I can't see. <laughs> Big difference. Big that, difference. That in age. No, well, that too. <laughs> Probably some truth in that. But Roy Williams, again, when I kidded around on Twitter, it's the, the Roy Williams Invitational tonight yeah. for the national title. And he did a brilliant job at Kansas. The only thing he didn't do there was cut down the nets on this night. Oh. But, man, other than that, he had every box checked. And obviously, he did a pretty good job at Carolina winning three national titles. Guy's a Hall of Famer for a reason. Yeah, absolutely right. And uh, But let's be honest, too. He revitalized KU. No question. And he inherited a mess. A complete mess. Now, people don't understand that. Oh, man, he had Kansas and Carolina. Who can't coach there? Well, wait a minute. If you inherit a team on probation and going nowhere fast, but I'll tell you again, for folks who've never been to Lawrence, Kansas, it is one of the great, not yeah. good, great spots in all of sports for a game, and you yeah. go there, and I'm not talking about football, I'm talking about a basketball game, right? You walk into that building, Wes, it is a magical place. Their yep. tradition, their history, for people that appreciate college basketball, yep. you include Kansas, because they're not taking a backseat to anybody. Of course, we know about North Carolina basketball. Mm-hmm. Growing up in the state, anybody that's followed college hoops, you all know about the baby blue now. It's all legit. Well, last time they met in an NCAA tournament was uh, 2012. Uh, last time they played in the Final Four in the National Championship game was 1957, Mark Packer. And that was documented in the tournament, if you watch that great docu-series here on ACC Network. Yep. And, of course, Wilt Chamberlain, the great Wilt Chamberlain at Kansas, triple overtime, the heels run the table, undefeated. Coach McGuire and everybody else, rest is history. Kansas looking for a little revenge from 1957. Wow. yeah. That's a lot of revenge. Yeah, isn't it? Pretty, uh, got that's nothing to do with it. That's got, that game has zero to do with it. That's way down the road for sure. Uh, we're going to go back in ACC history when we continue on Packer and Durham on this Monday. Uh, and on this date that will never be forgotten, we will chronicle the Cardiac Pack next. The Packer and Durham Podcast. This is the Packer and Durham Podcast. Packer and Durham from beautiful, and I do mean an absolutely gorgeous morning in New Orleans on a championship Monday, Mr. Durham. Yes, it is. Kansas, Carolina tonight, 920 Eastern Time is the tip under the roof of the Louisiana Superdome and uh, Tar Heels and Jayhawks. Uh, Today is also a celebratory day in ACC history for another ACC school that won a national championship on this day. In my opinion, one of the biggest upsets in Final Four history, national championship history. The Cardiac Pack of Jim Valvano won the national title on this day in 1983. Here's the uh, pass, air quotes, from Derek Wittenberg to Lorenzo Charles. And uh, 
Boy, Bob Fishman told a great story this week. He's retiring tonight after, my heavens, how many years as the director of Legendary. the Final Four for CBS? Since dirt. Yep, Bob Fishman telling the story about his cameraman in the high corner that uh, kept a camera on Jim Valvano running the floor looking for somebody to hug after the Wolfpack won 54-52. Uh, it's hard to believe that was 83. It seems like yesterday, but that was one of the great magical runs in all of sport. Yep. But NC State had to do to number one qualify for the tournament, much less get to a Final Four, much less win the thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, I thought Virginia's run a couple years ago was a legendary d- deal too, uh, because of so many incredible games. And you may make the case as we're doing our show 600 tomorrow, that what North Carolina is giving us, given where they were two months ago versus where they are tonight, could add to the ACC lore of incredible runs to national championships. Yeah, no question. I mean, Carolina essentially uh, got in in an 8-9 game against Marquette, right? Yeah. They made it all the way to the championship, and later in the show we'll show you the eight seeds that have played for the NCAA title. And there's one that did it, and that was, of course, Villanova, knocking off Georgetown in 85 in Lexington, Kentucky, and North Carolina is looking to add to that very, very short list. You know, it it brings up an interesting topic, and if Carolina wins tonight, it invites the discussion about eight seeds, Villanova being one, NC State clearly not an eight seed, falls into that category, right? it, it, just an amazing storyline to be written by two ACC schools, the Wolfpack and Carolina. Now, NC State's situation a little different in that they were literally had to win the tournament. Carolina got banged out in the semifinals by Virginia Tech, and everybody felt comfortable on Sunday. NC State went to Sunday at the Omni in Atlanta in 1983, and again, as Pac said earlier, chronicled in the great docu-series, the tournament having to win that game to get in. As it came about, Virginia Tech had to win against Duke to probably get in the tournament out of the championship game on that Saturday night in Brooklyn. There's no question about it. NC State's run, though, to me, has always been the standard because the pressure was on even before the real tournament started. Mm -hmm. They knew exactly what they had to do. And when you look down the cast of characters that they had to beat, you're like, well, they're not going to beat those guys. Well, they won that one. Well, they won't win the next one. Well, they won that one, too. And it just kept going on and on and on. And even in the NCAA tournament, the Pepperdine game, they beat Virginia again in the tournament to get to the Final Four. And then when they finally got to Albuquerque West, you watch the semifinal game, you went, well, they're not going to beat Houston. Who are we talking? Houston looked like an NBA team, right, with the dunks and everything else. And lo and behold, they win the game, and they win it on a dunk. And again, just watch Jim Valvano looking around almost in total uh, amazement. Oh, my God, we won this thing. Who can I hug? And it's one of the legendary shots, I think, in the history of this tournament. No, there's no question about it. And uh, at the pit in Albuquerque, and what a remarkable, remarkable year. And, hmm. you know, there's a terrific Survive in Advance documentary on this team as well. Uh, it's almost like a companion piece to the 83 uh, championship team uh, and the tournament documentary we showed you in 10 parts on a Monday night back in February and March on the ACC Network, too. So just just terrific, terrific storylines. And uh, John Hawk and those guys did a great job. Mike Krzyzewski, of course, uh, wrapping up his incredible Duke career here on uh, on Saturday night with the, with the loss to Carolina. And, Pac, we just talk about this legacy. I mean, we're going to go on and on now. I mean, 
the next couple months or so, we'll, we'll still kind of be processing a little bit of what 42 years in Durham was like. Well, you, you can't put a, a capsule on it in, in five minutes on a show. You just can't. Right. I mean, the guy meant so much to, like I said, not only for Duke, but also the ACC to college basketball. And, you know, there's certain people, whether you be players, coaches, media members, whatever, right. that, that, that you have a opinion on, good or bad, whether you met the guy or, or not. And Mike Krzyzewski and Duke basketball moved the meter. Yeah. They moved the needle. I mean, that, that was just the deal. You had an opinion about Duke, whether you loved the Hurley-Leitner-Hill combination or you couldn't stand them, whatever the case may be. But their level of excellence over such a sustained period of time uh, will never be forgotten, nor should it. And I'll tell you what else should never be forgotten was the beginning of Mike Krzyzewski at Duke. And I've talked about this before. I think our conference has three or four unbelievable examples of what turned out to be legendary coaches that got off to lousy starts. You know, we talk about Carolina and Kansas tonight. How about Dean Smith? There's a guy that falls under both categories. The first couple years of Dean Smith at North Carolina weren't great. Yeah. Turned out to be one of the all-time greatest coaches regardless of sport. Mike Krzyzewski at Duke. The first couple years at Duke, oh, what a disaster. What was Tom Butters thinking about hiring this guy? He's got no chance. Patience. The guy knows what he's doing. Give him support. Let him go about his business. The rest is history with Mike Krzyzewski. You can go yeah. right down the list of so many coaches in this league. I'm thinking of Frank Beamer That's at Virginia one. Tech. Yep. You know. His first five or six years at Virginia Tech, hey, he, we hired one of our own. I mean, the guy can't coach. Be patient. Turned out to be a Hall of Famer. Dabo Sweeney at Clemson. Yep. First couple years in the Tiger Town. Man, what were we doing? We hired a guy with no coaching experience. Turned out pretty good for Clemson football. I mean, this league has produced so many coaches that fall into that category that will go on to become legendary, all-time greats. But the first couple years, a little shaky. Maybe just a maybe a reminder for all of us, regardless of what you do for a living, much less college athletics, moving forward in this day and age, to be patient with your coach. Yeah, no, I think it's a real well-said point. Um, and also comes to mind a little bit about the, the tie in Mike Krzyzewski and the tie in Dean Smith. Um, boy, in the other night, couldn't help but think of the just the tremendous legacies of these programs. I'll even use Vic Bubis as a, as a marking point, a little bit about that Duke program in the 60s and the great success they've had. Um, I said this after the game, the eight miles between Duke and Carolina sometimes gets lost in the bigger picture, but it didn't the other night because those two flat delivered on this stage. And as I said in hour one, I'll reiterate it here. The talk and tenor among the national media that was in person for their first ever Duke Carolina game, tell you what, a lot of people got sold on that deal the other night. They now know what all of us in the ACC have kind of been talking about for years and years. For decades. Yeah. For that matter. Uh, but I think it's really cool, though, tonight, the, the lineage of which is North Carolina and Kansas. And it goes way back. I just mentioned Dean Smith. and. Uh, and to me, that's why I like the Blue Bloods when they get to this event, because there's always interesting ties yeah. to the past. And here we are going to play a great championship game tonight with North Carolina and the Jayhawks. Yeah, there you go. All right. Big power hour on a Monday. I mean, it's the national championship. You didn't think we were going to half step it, did you? When we come back, we had uh, Reese Davis and Chris Davis last week. We're going to bring K.J. Smith and Kenny Smith to the table. When Packer and Durham continues from the Big Easy, 
at the Final Four next. Packer and Durham.